Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, along with mother host, the incredible, dead sexy Rick Warren, and our bald and very happy James Toops. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good, Eddie. Uh, I'm doing good. Thank Pretty you. damn good. Uh, I have my uh, my runt of the litter right here with me right now. This is Sophia. Sophia, hello, and welcome. Because she's... A little bitty. She's <laughs> Sophia. Welcome, she's the, Sophia. The runt of the litter, and everybody said to, well, everybody said to go ahead and get rid of her because she's the runt, not a side of the keeper. So I'm like, you know what? She she might be worth something one day. So we'll go ahead and keep her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Sophia. So everybody, <laughs> uh, we've got a great guest on tonight. We have uh, Janice Leah from uh, uh, Neosho uh, County Paranormal. And uh, she's got an incredible, an incredible paranormal team over there. And they've been pretty much all over the place doing different types of investigations and getting quite a bit of really good evidence, too, while they're out there. So I, I think it's a I think I think it's a really awesome thing that we were able to even get her on tonight. And especially we got her over here with very short notice. And uh, that thanks goes out to uh, Rick Warren for that. And uh, Rick's known her for quite a while. And uh, we're we're really looking forward to digging into uh, some of her cases that she's had and figuring out what all kinds of spooky uh, occurrences she's been able to investigate. We've also got Landon Wells out there in the chat room. Says, howdy boys, have a good show. Can't stay too long. We are investigating a jail built in 1807. 
Very cool landing. Jump back and forth Whoa. if you would, brother, and let us know what all you nice. capture. Uh, we also have uh, Daniela on here. She says, hey, y'all. How you doing, Danielle? I said Daniela, but it's Danielle. And uh, we are also have uh, Barbara Snoop and uh, Barbara Shoop. She says, hello. Hello, Barbara. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to have you on here. Great to have you onto the show. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to let uh, Rick pretty much uh, handle this show since he knows uh, Janice for quite some time and uh, jump through some different investigations. He's aware of a lot of them. And uh, we're going to kind of jump in back and forth as well and uh, ask some questions while we're at it. And uh, by the way, everybody, Janice is not frozen. She is live on the phone. So we've got audio on her. That is a picture. James jumped on and was trying to talk to her, but it didn't work out too well for him. Um, <laughs> until he realized that she was on the phone and not just a picture. So, Rick, I'm turning the show over to you, my brother. Take over, and uh, James and I will be in the background jumping back and forth. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys very much. Janice, are you on? I'm here. Hello, Janice. Hey. Yes? Um, Just wanted to to ask you some questions. Uh, Can you fill us in on uh, some history on your uh, paranormal team and what you've been through so far. And um, we'll just uh, hit you with some questions later on. If you want to give us a background, that'd be great. Okay. I started the team back in 2010. Um, started bringing on team members around 2011. Started the uh, Facebook page 2013. And uh, we just kind of, you know, get the floor running from there, different locations. And, uh, as we got more under our belt, time under our belt, we started doing home investigations as well. What's what's some of the standout investigations that you think you probably are going to take with you for quite a while, as far as what they, what they give you on evidence? Um, well, one of them was um, in, it was uh, Chitopa, Kansas. It was an old nursing home, but they turned it into a uh, haunted house. And it has now burnt to the ground, but uh, that place was pretty active. I always wondered what happens, you know, with when you have a location like that with that much activity and then it just burns to the ground. Where does, where does that energy go? So that, that one was probably one of the ones that I'll remember. Um, in Waverly Hills Sanatorium, I think anybody who has a, you know, a chance to go, just check that place out. It would be really well worth it. Well, James and... Uh, Where is that at? Uh, we're, we're think- Waverly Hills, James. Waverly Hills. Go ahead and ask her some questions, buddy. So you've been to uh you've been to Waverly? Yes. We did uh, uh well, there was an event there. It was a small event. Go ahead. Sorry. You broke up a little bit, Janice. Come back. It was a what? Yeah, um we did an event there. Um it was uh, uh Randy Hardy from uh Deep South Paranormal. They actually set it up so it wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of people, which made it really nice. And uh, it just, the place is so huge. It's, it's probably, it's 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's just one of those places you need to go see for yourself. It's um, just yeah, it's gigantic. It's like a really, what it really is. big place. Like it seems like so in in one day. Um, say you had from and you know I think the uh, the way Waverly works is um, you rent the place from uh, o'clock at night until up in the morning. Um, and they open the gates at eight o'clock for you at night, but, um, you would need almost practically 48 hours to, to investigate this place because of this massive size of this thing. Um, it's huge. It's like five or six floors high. Uh, it's probably about a football field and a half long, maybe probably like probably 200 yards long. Um, you would, you would need almost two, three days to, uh, to cover this place you know, fully, you know, the, the first day was setting up equipment and, uh, getting the, the feel for the place. And the second night would be the actual investigation. And, uh, it seems like you need more than one team. You would have to go in there with multiple people to, uh, cover the floors and, uh, just, just to get a feel for the real estate of this place. Um, it seems huge. So, um, you've been there before Janice and, uh, how was your experience there and how many people did you have? And, uh, what do you what do you think the, well, uh, and, the timeline was as far as you know? Did you did you feel rushed? Uh, did you have enough time to do your investi- a proper investigation? Or you know, tell us about that experience right there. I think we did. Uh, we I think we all got there around five or six, and we went until three, and uh, it was a it was like I say it was a good group because it wasn't a lot of people. You know how a lot of times if you go on different um events there's just too many people and this you could actually go off on your own and you didn't have to worry about people contaminating what you were getting and um but the place is massive it's just i mean i literally stood in the hallways in the dark and i was just kind of at in awe it's just um and when i first got there and i parked my car in front of it you're like a little tiny ant I thought I heard singing. Somebody's singing. <laughs> Andy, you got anything you want to add on that? Right. When you were in Waverly, I mean, did, did you did you take a lot of equipment in with you, or or what kind of equipment did you actually run while you were in Waverly? What was your experiences with it? I had um, a night vision camera. There was a lot of scares, and so there's a lot of walking. You don't want to carry a lot, but there was like kind of a down by the gift shop. They kind of let it be our base. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to go back for things, but it was, um, there were so many different people there with different types of equipment. You kind of like find your group and you just kind of stayed with the group. So I, um, I know with a lot of events, I don't expect to get a lot. Um, because there's usually so many people, but this place, I think I was probably unprepared equipment wise. So, so let me ask but you, I did get a lot of, uh, uh-huh. let me ask you, what was the most freaky experience that you had while you were there? We were all standing. There were several of us standing in a hallway and we were watching shadows moving from one side of the hallway to the other. And, uh, there were several of us and we weren't, you know, from the same group, we were also different, you know, states, different groups, and we were all witnessing the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, the death tunnel. There, we definitely saw something at the end of the death tunnel. I'm just going to say, if you go to Waverly, make sure you get your walking shoes on. Because <laughs> it's a lot of walking. Oh, God, I can imagine the place is absolutely huge. Yeah, it looks like I a mean, big did, place. Did anybody uh, happen to capture any interesting EVPs yeah, or anything at all? Place. It's been so long. Um, I know that there were several people that had recorded. I would have to go back through and see it because, I mean, personally, I didn't get anything. So, I mean, if I had the chance to go back, I'd go back. So for you, was, uh, in the heartbeat. So for you, you know, other than you know, more more or less personal experiences, that was pretty much the main thing that you had over there. Yes. And um, I was in an area, it was like a, it was like a patient room and we were in the bathroom area and we were, we actually had heard something, you know, the building's so big, there, there's not, there wasn't anybody else up there except me and another girl. Hmm. It's kind of one of those places if you stand real quiet, you're going to hear stuff. So how about, how about, um, yeah, how about, um, the accommodation? So like, you know, you show up on a location somewhere and, um, you know, there, there's some places that, you know, are, are fully rigged up and you have electricity and, you know, um, refrigerator and snacks and everything else. But there's these other places that you show up and it's like bare balls minimum and there's nothing there. Like you have to provide everything. So is, is Waverly one of those places where you show up and it's just bare minimum. There's nothing there. Uh, if you want to charge anything, you have to plug it into your vehicle. So how are the accommodations at Waverly? No, actually around the gift shop area. And I know that after we left, she was planning on doing a lot of renovations. They were talking about actually being able to um, rent out rooms. I don't know if she's gotten to that point yet or not. Um, I haven't really looked at her her website or her Facebook page. But I know she puts updates there. But uh, I think you, if it comes to like your equipment, there they can um, accommodate you there around the gift shop area. Guys, this brings then, me up to uh, like, the point that, that I was going to ask her about and everybody else too um janice do you feel like uh waverly is over over uh well just oversaturated with investigations and have, have you guys been to places where you feel like there the there's just been too many teams there do you feel like there's a lack of activity because of that or what i kind of felt that way about the um the belvedere winery in uh was that liberty missouri there, they tend to do a lot of events through there, but um, I start to wonder, you know, do we start leaving our imprint, you know, our residual energy instead of, you know, actual spirit, spirit energy, just when people go through buildings think, like Eddie? that constantly. What do you think, Eddie? Do you think that the, there's uh, locations that are oversaturated with investigative teams and that we actually maybe leave a residual or what? Absolutely. It's just like over here in San Antonio, the Manger Hotel. You know, uh, there's so many places that, you know, everybody and their grandmother goes and investigates. And you've got so much uh, residual that's there. But at the same time, you can over-investigate a place. You know, there, 
it's always good to find a place that hasn't been investigated yet because nothing's been interfered with. It's just like a crime scene or an evidence scene. If you if you interfere with it too much, it changes. It's not the same as it was. You may end up with less evidence or 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 different evidence or things that weren't there before. And uh, I found that to be true in many cases. Uh, Emily Morgan Hotel, for one. I mean that that's one here in San Antonio that was uh, it's been heavily investigated. But if you can get a place that is fresh, virgin territory. And investigate. I think that's going to be your best bet for collecting actual true evidence of that area. Once a place has been investigated numerous times, and, and I'm when I say numerous, I mean a lot of teams have gone in there, things seem to change. And uh sometimes it's almost like uh any of the the energies or spirits that are there tend to be tired of interacting with the living because they get taunted, they get played with so much by so many different people, so many different type of personalities that it's almost like they don't want to come out anymore. And if they do, it's very limited and it doesn't have a whole lot to do with what you're trying to, to accomplish while you're there. So I've always been one to actually. I've always wondered that about the, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, um, the I, I was going to say, I've always thought that about the Villisca Axmer house. I've never investigated there, mm-hmm. but I know that, you know, hordes of teams come through there. I was like those poor ghosts, <laughs> those poor spirits. Yeah, and I mean, you you gotta you've got to understand. I mean, the, the spirits were you know they were people once as well, and if you're constantly being taunted, I mean that can be kind of frustrating as well. Yeah, it's like leave us alone, leave them alone. <laughs> Exactly. So, but I, I will mean, say one thing about Waverly: if you can go in there with like a team, your team. And then get the place for so many hours. I think that would be a lot better than going in to like what I did, which was an event, because everybody kind yes. of has their own agenda and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. But if you go in there as a team, everybody's on the same page. Absolutely. So, also, we, we've got a question coming in from the chat from uh, Danielle. She says, uh, How long ago did you go to Waverly? Waverly has been now. I think we all just, because there were several of us who met on, met there. I believe it was five years ago now. Wow, five years? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Valerie, she comes online and she says, is that a Corona Rick? Yes, it is. And, and, and he's very happy about that. <laughs> and uh, she also says, uh, very true, Eddie. So uh, she's agreeing with me as far as... Uh, you know, investigating a place too much. And uh, Kelly Lee uh, Trevino, who's one of my uh, one of my guys, one of my buds, he says, what's up, guys? What's up, Kelly? Glad you could make it on, man. That's why I sent you a link, Kelly, because I knew you either forgot or you didn't look yet. So there was no excuse after that. So I'm glad you made it on here. So, yeah, man, I uh, that's really awesome. Tell us about some other places you've been there, uh, Janice. Okay, real quick, I'm just going to do the shout-out for Barbara in the chat because she is on my team. Hello, Barbara. Glad so, you, you could make it on here. That's awesome. Oh, shoot. We, Barbara, shoot. <laughs> we, hey, we, we have Darren Wedlock. He's from New Zealand. Uh, he's he's our, he's our We had him on the show before, and oh. we can't have him on here anymore because he's got, like, probably the sexiest New Zealand voice you've ever heard there, uh, Janice. And uh, 
He says, uh, someone in New Zealand is listening to the show while clipping his toenails. You know, I just got done giving you a really good shout out there, Darren, and you're talking about clipping toenails. Like, <laughs> I always got to ruin it, you know, and I, I need to pre-read these things before I start just reading out loud. And, uh, oh my God. And uh, got glad to have made it. Missed the last one, I think. So glad you could make it on here. We appreciate it. That's awesome. The more, the merrier. And uh, Barbara says, hello. Hello, Barbara. Pleasure to meet you. So, yeah, I mean, this is great. I mean, I'm glad we're getting some people on here and, and talking about it. But, uh, Janice, tell us about the most interesting hey, place Eddie. you've been. Well, I would say, you know, honestly, my most interesting place was was what we were just talking about, and that was Waverly. Um, one of the ones I like the best. I'll tell you another one was uh, Corinthian Castle in Springfield, Missouri. I don't know it's been covered on TV by different shows and Zach and all, you know, but it's a very interesting place. Um, I believe even with the amount of teams that have gone through there, that you're still going to cap capture evidence in that place. Um, it had been so many different places, like an orphanage and a place for was it old fellows. Um, just a lot of different. Um, they used it for a lot of different things. So it's seen a lot of different people through there before you know paranormal teams started coming in there. But that place is really interesting, and it's pretty easy to get into, too, if you ever, if you ever want to investigate it. And um, one of our favorites here in Southeast Kansas is uh, Brown's Mansion, and we're working on getting back in there before too long. There? Yeah, Janice... Uh... We, yeah, we were uh, discussing earlier, and I, I wanted to bring up this with the, some of the guys here in the group in the chat also, was um, what do you look for as far as uh, team members and um, what kind of uh, chemistry do you look for as far as having somebody that's going to be there long term? Well, we want everybody to be able to get along for one thing, and we want everybody to be on the same page, not have your own agenda, um, and just work together. Um, I've over the years I've had a lot of people come and go and a lot of times they think they want to do it and once they get in there and do it you know a lot of times we'll go to a place and we don't get anything and sometimes we get maybe one thing so you know it's not it's not like what you're going to see on TV for one thing um, it's not for entertainment I mean not for not you know what I'm saying it's not going to be like what you see on the TV shows to sit in the dark for a long time and get nothing. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's got to be a commitment and a real interest for it. So I have um, several people on the team that have been with me since almost the beginning. But um, I've also seen a lot of people come and go over the years. Right now, hey, Janice, uh, real quick, think- they're uh- – they're saying they're having a kind of a hard time hearing you. We've got that clicking noise back, so I don't know if you can, uh, like, uh, pull that uh, microphone up and away a little bit. That way it can uh, – it, it's not picking up a lot of this uh, 
what, whatever it is that it sounds like it's hitting on. It's almost like a clicking sound that we're picking up. It's just sitting on the table. I don't know what that is. Huh, how weird. Okay. Well, I guess that takes care of that issue. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hear it too, but I don't know where it's coming from. Hmm. Well, real quick, another shout out to Kelly, who's uh, one of my friends out over here. He also works with me. Kelly, pleasure you could make it, man. I knew you could make it on here, so thank you so much. And uh, it, it's uh, great to have you on the show. This is the first time on the show, by the way. Uh, it was funny. We just started working together uh, last week. And uh, while we were sitting around, he he looks at me and he goes, Hey, uh, Sarge, what do you think about the paranormal? I, almost start, I had to start laughing because it was just out of the blue. And I was like, well, let me tell you. And I found out that he's a part of Midnight Paranormal Society, which is out of San nice. Antonio as well, too. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that, you know, he's also a, in a paranormal investigator. So welcome, Kelly, to the show. Rick, you can continue onward, brother. Okay. Hey, Janice, I want to ask you a question as far as um what i'm gonna just add just plain ask you i mean what is the most dynamic have you ever dealt with an attachment is what i'm wondering as far as as the many years that you've been in this field and many years that eddie and everybody's been in this field i'm wondering if anybody especially you since you're our guest if you have had to deal with an attachment i don't feel that i have the attachment that we had done our home and um one of my team members after that um, got really sick. Um, his personality changed. Um, he actually left the team for two years. And then he just seemed to have like, you know, bad luck, you know, one after the other. But we all saw it in the evening that we were investigating these people's houses, this house. And, um, this, so I always tell, you know, I'm always really sure about who I'm bringing on the team that they don't have any kind of, uh, I don't want to sound, you know, make sure that they're stable, mentally stable, spiritually stable, just stable people. So, and, and not that he wasn't, he was, but it still, it still seemed that he got an attachment, but he was literally off the team for two years. Wow. So, yeah, and I don't, yeah, I just don't know what we're dealing with. So you just got to be really careful. I had brought somebody along one time on an investigation and the person was, a, um, what is that? I can't think of the word I'm going to use. He wasn't being respectful to the spirit. So, you know, I think that's mm -hmm. something that you've got to make sure that you don't do. Have you ever had anybody that basically just kind of provoked just to be provoking or was it for evidence or just for, just for funsies? Uh, so yeah. Yeah. He was doing it for his basically his YouTube channel. So, um, that was not good. I won't, I won't mention the person. He's not around anymore anyway. So, but I was going to say, um, you were talking about attachments. I'll tell you, we did the, Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. And, you know, a lot of people say there's not a little girl named Sally and, you know, you're dealing with, you know, demons or whatever. But that place was interesting, I got to say. 
when we first walked in the door, nobody had been there for, you know, weeks. And we had this really strong fragrance of what it smelled like roses. And then later on in the evening, we were in the middle bedroom. And um, all of a sudden, I had a blister just show up on my finger, you know, like a burn. So there's something that's pretty dark about that location, I'll tell you. I actually went back three times. <laughs> One of those places that gets under your was skin and you just can't get it out of your mind. Yeah. Was that the Sally House? Um, yes, that was Sally House. And I'll tell you, Waverly kind of gets under your skin like that, too. Once you leave there, it's one of those places you just kind of can't get out of your mind either. Well, real quick, everybody. Real quick, everybody. It's a halfway mark. We're going to play a little tune for you guys. And we're going to take a short little break so that we can uh, fill up our cups. And we're going to be right back with some more. So we'll be gone about three and a half, maybe four minutes tops. And uh, we shall return. So stand by. Don't go anywhere. And please share this out onto your pages so we can get some more people on here. I think uh, it'll be great to get some more questions uh, questions coming in for uh, Janice. And uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Stand by.
we're back, everybody, from this uh, little music break. I know we lost pretty much everybody on this last uh, cutout, but we did have a little uh, cutout on this thing here just shortly. So it was uh, kind of strange that that happened. But uh, yeah, so we we are back though. Can yeah, I heard the music cutting out on my end. Yes, I am. Okay, we got everybody back. So yeah, we we uh we had a, a hiccup in the system, and uh, we went off air, so we went back on air. So we are back live again. So we didn't uh, miss out on too much. So you want to continue on with there, Rick? Hey, thank you, Eddie. Um, Janice, I've got a couple people in the chat there back. Valerie and a couple other ones that are string their teams up. Uh, the, these are new groups, and uh, I've been talking with them for the, about the last couple of weeks to their startup and everything. Is there any advice, James, Eddie, that you would give a new team just starting out right now that you think would be helpful for them as far as getting a team together and going out investigating? Well, one of the main things yeah. that I would uh, look at is make sure that you have a team that is going to be responsible and going to be there whenever a case comes up. A lot of times people end up with a team, they end up with four or five different people, but it's really hard to get everybody's schedule synced. I know, uh, James, you've got a brand new team. Uh, jump in there real quick and uh, let them know some of the issues you've had and what you've done to correct some of them. Yeah, so um, a lot of my team... Uh, you know, several of us work. We have a uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven of us on on our team, um, and I'm pretty much the tech guy. And you know, I'm tech savvy, but I just I get I get really frustrated <laughs> with tech. You know, with with uh, video stuff and everything else, I get really frustrated. But when it comes to audio, I'm I'm fantastic. I love audio stuff, but but video pisses me off be honest with you so um make sure you have somebody in the group that is tech savvy and has patience to deal with audio and um can put the stuff out on youtube in a timely manner uh and do that stuff so you got to pick your uh strong points and your weak points in your team also uh going going back to a schedule like eddie said um you know a lot of the folks in my team almost all we work in plants so you know um, I'm in the plant and I'm, I'm working a Monday through Friday or, or till Saturday shift. Uh, and a lot of the, uh, my team, um, works, you know, split shift and they do different things. So scheduling and, uh, shift work can be a pain in the ass, but when you, when you plan like, um, a big investigation, like we have one coming up, um, uh, we've all planned for it. We're going to have to fly out there. So we have to take vacation, stuff like that. Uh, logistic. It, it can be a, you know, it can be a problem. It can be a thing. Um, the one thing though, once all your team assembles and gets on location, the one thing uh, to a new team I want to stress is do not rely just on equipment. So if you're out there with a K2 and a REM pod and, um, you know, RMF meter and all this other stuff, you know, that's great. That's good stuff to have. But don't rely on just that. Don't don't let your investigation circle around just your equipment. Um, you you want to go out there and feel things. You want to hear things and see things. And that's the stuff that you really want to catch. You know, nobody's interested if you got a 0.5 or a, a 5.5, you know, or, you know, and it's cool, it's cool to see that. 
but nobody really is interested in seeing that the digital side of it, right? And it's good. It's good tools to have. Don't get me wrong, but I'm more of an old school guy. You know, I like to go out and I like to hear things and I like to see things and and be really just uh, encapsulated in the investigation and in the uh, moment. And um, you know, if I'm looking down at the screen, um, I'm not experiencing what's what's happening out there. And yeah, you want to capture it. You want to you want to have it on film. You want to have it on video, but you want to be out there. You want to be in the mix. You want to look at it and see what's going on. And if you feel something, you want to notice it and you want to say it on film and say, Hey man, I just felt something right here on my right side, you know, something, this, that, and the other. And you want to investigate that, but don't just be down at that screen and looking at that screen. You want to really get out there, put that stuff down, you know, lay it down somewhere and just enjoy the moment, get, get into the moment. And I think that's the most important thing because you're really gonna miss out. If you're looking down at something like a K2 or whatever, you know, you're really gonna miss out. Just get out there and feel the environment and feel the things around you. And uh, I think that makes the investigation so much better. You know what I mean? It's just, you, you're, you're becoming a part of that investigation versus just an outsider looking at a, at a K2 or looking at any, any of these, uh, you know, new instruments and stuff. And yeah, they're fun to play with, but don't limit your investigation to just that. Absolutely. And also, uh, Darren Wedlock has a question for Janice. He says, what keeps you motivated to keep going with paranormal investigations when many people give up? Well, for me personally, um, it kind of like found me a long time ago before it even got popular. And then I lost my twin sister 20 years ago. So that's kind of my passion right there. And there are days I really think about giving it up. And then I start getting messages from the paranormal page where people are sending me audio or video or have questions. So it's like the day that I think of giving it up, it, it finds me. So it keeps, that keeps me going. And I was just going to say what, what you were saying about, you know, on investigations, like, for instance, when we did the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, I'm totally on that page where the place was just so massive and going in and just feeling the environment. It wasn't even about the equipment or anything. It was just about the experience. And that place kind of sucks you in, but I mean, it wasn't in a bad way. It was a good way. So, um, I totally agreed with what you were saying about, you know, don't get all caught up in you know, the equipment. And, and for me personally, I like kind of old school as well. And I go with, I like to do the audio and I do good video. So in fact, some of the best audio we have captured was, was off our uh, night vision camera. So. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. You know I mean? The, the, the equipment can be really awesome. You know, it's really fun to do. Yeah. But, you know, me as an investigator, you know, um, I'll, I, I like to walk down a, a really long, dark hallway and just open my hands out and, you know, like this right here and just just kind of walk down that hallway, eyes closed and just see what I can feel. You know, and a lot of people, freak right. out. a lot of people, they get scared. And I'm not I'm not that guy. I'll walk down there and I'll just do that. And I like to be able to feel my environment. You know what I mean? And I know it's, you know, people call me weird. They're like, man, why are you doing that? What are you, you crazy or what? 
I don't know if I'm crazy. I probably am. But, you know, I like to go down there and walk and feel that environment and, you know, just listen for anything. And if something opens up, you know, then stop and investigate and check it out, you know, and it kind of freaks people out. But, you know, you know, one of the things like so um, one of my bucket list items. Uh, hey, here's a fun thing. So um, I'll give you a bucket list item uh, of, of mine and let me know what one of your top you know bucket items are so um waverly yeah it's one of mine but my ultimate bucket list item investigation is auschwitz in germany i would love to go to auschwitz in germany the concentration camps that is my number one um on my list i'd love to go that what do you guys what do you guys want to do if you can go anywhere in the world where would you go my number one is auschwitz where would you guys go? Rick? I would probably have to say I would like to go back or at least go to uh, um, Civil War. I'm very caught up in the Civil War type thing with, um, well, it's about any place as far as the Civil War is concerned because it covered so, so many towns and cities and everything and that there is a a um a draw there for me to sit there yeah. and cover the civil war areas gettysburg especially and, and up and down um the the river and the ponomac and everything else like that uh janice what's yours <laughs> mine's actually really close to here janice um i, I I've done a lot of, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use right now. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So mine's in Kansas actually right here. It would be to get on the property where the bloody vendors, um, house was, but it's private property. So yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, um, Second would be somewhere in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, and see, and, 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 and on my bucket list, yeah. What would be your pick, Eddie? My pick, I, I, I want to go to Ireland. Nice. I'd like to go to Ireland. I'd like to check out some of those old castles, some of those old yeah. areas yeah. where some of the old battles took place through there. I think that would be just awesome. I think that would be yeah, really no cool. Doubt. Now, uh, no real doubt. quick, uh, Valerie says on here, yes, I don't have much equipment, but my instincts are pretty good. Definitely love picking up things without equipment. You got to actually feel it better. You get to actually feel it better. Yeah, you do. And and I mean, I think a lot of people that rely too much on their equipment are, are like you said, uh, James, they're missing out on a lot. You know, uh, I think the equipment's great, but I think the equipment's just part of it. That's, you know, for capturing your evidence and, and keeping it for later review. But I think the Absolutely, personal man. the personal experience I think is the way to go. That's where it, it's actually going to feel better. Where you're actually going to get the best uh, experience out of the investigation. Yeah, you know, picture it. Here's how I see it. You know, uh, somebody in a movie theater um, looking at their phone, looking at Facebook versus watching the movie, and that's how I see it. You know, if you you, you were you're worried about the equipment, you're relying on the equipment, you're missing out on the actual personal experience and i think that's the reason you went to that location is for that experience you know uh, yeah 
use the equipment as a secondary as, as a backup and um as something like okay well it kind of feels weird right here bust out the k2 do that you know but first and foremost have a video camera rolling always have an evp or um a digital uh recorder rolling always and just walk through and do the experience i think that's where people you know they investigate so hard and it's it's not a bad thing it's really not people are so passionate about doing this they're really passionate and they want to catch as much evidence as possible but i think they're shadowing that passion with the 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 reliance on technology and and you know things like the uh the meters and all this other stuff and they're forgetting where they came from i think that's the really you know it's like playing call of duty nowadays on uh uh xbox or playstation versus nintendo the original one that came out you know i think it's like that it's like the contrast is night and day so i think get out into an investigation especially something like waverly which by the way we may or may not have something going on there and uh waverly like it's such a big big ass place you know you need to get out and do this and go out and roam the hallways and don't be scared to go by yourself there's nobody in there that's going to hurt you there's you know and what we do eddie i don't know if you do this but we my team we normally clear the building first and um yeah we do we'll, too you know go back and yeah, we we clear it first, and we go back, and then we yeah. walk the halls. I like to walk alone. I like to go by myself. And yeah, we'll we'll clear the hallways. We'll clear a building before we actually get in there. Marcus uh, Canales yeah. Senior says, "How cool you set that, Janice? I was remembering where my parents' home was in Hebronville. A uh, house was torn down about six years ago, and uh, then we've got." Uh, Barbara says, "Talking about the yeah, Barbara says investigate locally to learn about the interesting, rich history. Absolutely, I think everybody should start that out especially investigating uh, someplace okay. close by, and then move on. Uh, that's a good tip there, Barbara. And then we've got uh, Valerie agrees, and uh, we we have a bunch of uh, people agreeing on here. And then we've got uh, over here. It says uh, that house saw so many deaths in its history. And uh, then we've got uh, Darren from uh, New Zealand. He says, uh, I did a little investigating in a castle in Ireland. was pretty good, but makes me wonder if spiritual activity uh, ebbs away over time. Otherwise, we would be picking up victims from over a thousand years ago. You know, that's one of the questions I've always had, Darren, uh, now that you bring it up, you know, is if, you know, do these spirits eventually uh, just kind of, uh, dissipate or go somewhere else or what's the deal because if not we'd be really picking up uh spirits or entities from like really really long time ago and uh you know like you know vikings and cavemen and stuff like that i mean what happens to the spirit after so long because you don't you don't hear too many people talking about picking up anything normally you know further back than say 1800s or maybe 1700s at the very latest in some cases. Uh, Rick, what's your thoughts on this? I think you're right. I, I think they have a um, shell life, if you, so to speak, just like anything else. Uh, also, at the same time, 
like James was talking about and just was talking about, we, you have to be respectful. And that's one thing that I want to want to emphasize to here too, is that you, you need to be respectful when you go to these locations. Uh, they're people just like you and me. Uh, the, the only thing is that they're gone and we're not, you know, and this brings up a point that James and I was talking about earlier. Um, I don't allow provoking on my team. That is one thing that I will not allow because I don't think they deserve it. I don't think that's a method that is used or that, that it's going to bring out any evidence that's going to be worthwhile because if you're provoking somebody or if I'm provoking Eddie or, or James or whoever, you're not going to get the same response that you're really looking for. You're, you're going to get an angry response and you're going to get a response maybe that you don't want. What do you think, Janice? Well, I totally agree with that. My thing, my thing right here is if you're if you were provoking at that point then you're not capturing evidence so if you are um see you're okay so you go to, to some location right and the doors open at eight o'clock they give you the place right nothing happens all night long and then two three o'clock in the morning you start provoking um at that point, when you provoke, that means you haven't had anything all night to capture and, and you're starting to get desperate. Um, if you don't capture anything all night long and you provoke, just leave it alone. You know, just don't even worry about it. Like, obviously, so so say every one of us in this chat right now has moved on. We're all dead. We're moved on. You know, we're in our house and somebody comes in and, and starts messing with us. And we do this every single stinking day. Uh, say Hill House or, or these places, Nazareth, uh, places that get booked every single day. You know, you might get tired of this stuff. So, you know, who knows on the other side, you might want to break and you don't want to interact with people. Well, when you start provoking, to me, it's kind of like, all right, that's disrespectful. Why do that? You know, you don't want to provoke. And it, it's just, it just pisses things off, you know, and why get a negative response just to come home with material say, oh, yeah, you know, we provoked and we, we got a negative response and we got pissed off and this and that, and blah, 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 and this and all that stuff happened. And I accidentally done that on an investigation. I wasn't intending to do that, but it, it's what happened. And we got a really bad poltergeist-type response, so we left. And and we left it at that. And, um, you know, I haven't put that up on a, on a broadcast or a channel or anything else. You know, we haven't done that. But, I mean, so we're talking about uh, residual. So, you know, the house I'm sitting in right now, um, the house you are sitting in right now, who knows how many bodies are buried under the land we own or we lease from the government? How many bodies are underneath the, uh, the, the dirt that our house is on right now? You got to think there's so many thousands of years that has gone by that people have existed. And now we're on top of this land. Who knows what's on top of this? So your house might not be haunted, but there might be bodies under your house. You never know. You never know. Way deep down down underneath the dirt, right? So residual. So you go to a place, you know it's haunted, it's recent, and this and that. Um, so Salem, if you go to Salem, uh, where the witch trials were back in the 1600s, uh, is that place still haunted? I don't know. I haven't been there. It's, it's another place on my bucket list. I don't know. But is it still haunted? I don't know. So how long did these spirits stay around? Did they stay around until they get bored? Or is there some kind of timeline where they, you know, have to move on? 
I don't know. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really interesting question of how long these things stay around these residual spirits. You know, I mean, how far back? I don't, Eddie, you might be able to answer this question. You, you've been in, in this thing a long time. So how far back has this gone? Uh, what is the oldest spirit that you've encountered or that you've heard of from other uh, teams that you've encountered? Um, you know, if 1600s, was it 1350? What is the oldest uh, spirits that you've encountered? You know, because it seems like the the the, uh, the, the, the base general is the 1800s. You know, oh, well, I've seen a guy, you know, he looked like he was from the 1800s. He had a top hat, blah, 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 this and that. You know, you know the cliche. Um, what is the oldest spirits you guys have encountered? Like I said, the oldest one that I've heard of was from a buddy of mine that was at the uh, battlefield there in uh, Tennessee. And uh, basically it was a, a soldier that appeared in front of one of the investigators. Uh, she looked at him and was, got startled. He looked at her and got startled. It was almost like they were looking back in time, you know, or he was looking forward in time. It was like a, almost like a path, but I haven't heard of anybody, you know, getting anything from the 1700s or, or further. Um, right. And, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but you would think that with all the deaths throughout all the centuries, you know, that people have been alive or, or even animals for that matter. I mean, there, there really isn't a whole lot that has come forward where people have seen these things. Now, uh, Gordon, he says that, you know, spirits are forever. And I, and I believe that. But do they go somewhere? And we're only allowed a certain amount of time to roam the earth if, if there's a, an allowable time, for instance, before, you know, you're actually taken away and you're no longer allowed to be on the same plane. Um, it's, a, it's a good question to pose. And, and that's, that's the other part of it, Eddie. So, um, they say when, when people pass on and they die and things like that, uh, it's energy and you can't kill energy. Um, you know, for science and everything else, you can't kill energy. So what happens is energy dissipate and just like go somewhere else. And then new energy comes on. Like it's a really, it's a really scientific, uh, bizarre question. Now, you know, like what happens? Like, has anybody ever seen a James, man, James, spirit? James, yes, sir. Gordon has an answer for you. I want I you to read it. Of Can you read it, or do you want me to read it for you? No, go ahead. Hey, okay, God, I, I know it. I have an idea of already what it is. Come on, Gordon. Okay. What is it? He says the oldest spirit that he's ever encountered was your aunt Nancy. I fucking, I knew it. I knew he was going to go there. <laughs> Damn it, Gordon. <laughs> I knew he was going there. <laughs> now, now, real quick. Son of a bitch. <laughs> real quick. What if these spirits are recycled? What if these spirits, after a certain length of time, are recycled? What do you think of that? You know, she's... She's recycled. I'm gonna tell you, she's recycled from kitty litter. <laughs> oh, nasty Pelosi! <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. But, we're gonna, ser- we're gonna but, talk about it but seriously, I, I want everybody to kind of think about this for a minute. What if, after a certain amount of time, 
a spirit is recycled. What if you can be recycled immediately or if you want to hang around or maybe there maybe there's a waiting list depending on how you lived your life and what you learned before you become recycled or uh, as some would claim uh, a reincarnation. I know there's a lot of religions that truly believe in reincarnation. So what if that was the case? What if that's the reason we can only go back so far? What if that's the reason you can only go back, say, a couple of hundred years, and after that, it kind of starts over? Well, what if you, you think about it like this, Eddie? What if, uh, you know, okay, so we can only go back so far, so we can only go back to, say, uh, 18, 1800, right? Um, so that's, you know, X amount of years, we go back 1800 and then all of a sudden, uh, those folks are either recycled or, uh, you know, come back as reincarnated something else. Uh, in Gordon's case, it's probably going to be Nancy Pelosi's underwear, but you know, we go back in, uh, in time and then, uh, you know, they re reincarnate recycle. Um, that's, that's a, a valid, you know, uh, thesis and it's a valid uh, theory um, it's just it's it's so weird like we can only go back so far um, man I, I just I haven't it, it's so many questions out there like how many how many people have seen somebody from the 1300s or you know because you, you hear about okay well I saw somebody from the Victorian area uh, or somebody from the uh, you know from the old west or you know so wearing a cowboy hat uh, you know but you never really hear of anybody wearing like a loincloth you know or a lion skin i do it's, it's it's so weird you know it's so weird what are the limitations on this rick I think there's a, I think there's a, um, and this is another question that was going to, I was going to bring up with Janice too, as far as, um, have we gone to the point of that there, we are, have done everything we know to do electronically, technology wise and everything else like that. I, I feel we're just on the cusp of being able to really dig into the old paranormal like you guys are talking about uh eddie and i can tell you about times when we took the set players out uh when i first started that's what we did um and we and and there was a lot of it wasn't equipment like we have now just like james is talking about when eddie and i first started out uh it was the dark ages so to speak janice can you speak on something like that as far as as long as that you've been on into the paranormal yeah, um, honestly, I don't know what we're getting. Um, somebody, like, one of the EVPs that I got was in an old hospital. So, you know, I don't know, have that been there for how long? I don't know how how old it is, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and, and what was it we were even communicating with? You know, I can't like put a timestamp on on the the person in you know coming through on EVP. Right, and then uh, we've got oh. Darren Darren Wedlock. He says the oldest account he's ever read about is of an apparition of the Roman Legion, but it would seem to be very rare. And uh, you know, I was gonna say say actually I, I had seen and it was on a TV program. But it was, it looked like one of the old castles. And it looked like it was 
a man like in the fluffy with the fluffy uh, sleeves and everything with the cape. So I mean that would that would have been a long time ago. And it was in one of the uh, castles. Now, now, Danielle, I got a, I got a weird, I got a really weird thought. Um, it made me think about it. So, there's a timeline of, um, you know, how long you can stay in the spirit world and, uh, you know, be active and things like that until it dissipates. But what happens if, what, what if, just what if? This is, this is a thought. It kind of keeps me up at night. Um, so what if you were, you know, you died today and then you have two, 300 years worth of activity as a spirit, um, say in a house, you know, and then you reincarnate in your rebirth. What happens if the time that you are a spirit is purgatory? Oh, that's very so, possible. You know, yeah, that's funny that you say that because I was thinking the same thing. Now, Danielle says, building on Marcus's question, what if it's spirit? What if spirits are those who just haven't moved on and are stuck in limbo, which could be purgatory, and maybe they eventually finish their business and move on to where wherever they're supposed to be, or wherever they're supposed to go next. So, if, if you're a total asshole in life and you are uh, designated purgatory, then that is the time where you were haunting or doing your thing. And then um, after your sentence, I guess, sentence for lack of better words, purgatory is up, uh, you're reincarnated back into a life and, you know, given a second chance. But the time you're in purgatory is the time that you haunt. You know, it's it. that's a weird thought. You know, and that is something that nobody discusses because like it seems like anything past the 1800s or the you know 1700s is there's there's no uh there's no hauntings of that you know it just seems really weird okay and then uh all of a sudden you know it just it moves on you know it's just weird all right everybody it's, funny, like to, like it's, funny, when something. Uh, it's funny when you said asshole because you made me think of missouri state penitentiary that was probably one of the more active locations. So, and you were saying, you know, you were saying asshole. <laughs> There's probably a lot of them there. Well, sorry, I'm a coon. Everybody, ass. we I'm are. Boring. I'm a coon ass. I just say whatever. <laughs> we, everybody, we are. We are completely out of time. But I'm gonna go through. I want to read some of the quick uh, comments, real quick, and then we're gonna end up with uh, some closing comments. Uh, Barbara says, I would think that protectors of sacred land as in Native Americans have no shelf life. That's very true because they're actually there to protect the entire time through eternity. Uh, Mark says, I agree with uh, Danielle. Spirits may finish your business, purgatory in Catholic religion, and move on. Um, we have uh, Darren Wedlock. He says, yeah, the Bible calls it Sheol, S-H-E-O-L. Sheol. Sheol, the abode of the dead. Sheol. Mm -hmm. Sheol. Stove. And uh, Barbara says, maybe when we figure it out, our time is up in the physical world. Yeah, we, we'll all find out eventually, Barbara, I, I think. You know, I think it's just one of those things where it's just going to happen. And uh, Mark says, I'm screwed. So he knows where he's going. <laughs> and uh, he goes, he, he needs another beer after that one because he's going to be... Uh, thinking about that one for a while 
And uh, Barbara says, uh, kind of like our own personal enlightenment. Absolutely. So we're going to start off with uh, Rick giving some final thoughts. Uh, Rick, go ahead with your final thoughts, and we're going to move over to James and then to Janice on final thoughts, and then I'll finish it off, and we'll uh, close the session down. Okay. Thank you, guys. Janice, thank you so much for being with us tonight I yeah, really enjoy your company and, and the experiences that you've been through I think every one of us have a spirituality that we um, do that as far as spiritual you know um, I know what it's like to be um, physical since uh, talking with people like you great guys here and now but we don't really know we don't really know what is on that other side. And that's probably the biggest motivation that keeps me going into the paranormal. And I think Janice and Eddie and James and everybody in that and everything else like that, that keeps me going, that keeps me motivated to keep in the field of the paranormal. Thank you so much. James. Yeah. Um, Janice, thanks for being on the show tonight. Really appreciate your presence and your uh, insight and everything else. And, it was really good to have you tonight. And, uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you again. And, um, you know, just like Rick said, um, you know, I'm a paramotor pilot, ultralight pilot. And, uh, one of the things we, uh, we, we, one of our rules that we go by is the DBAD rule, which means don't be a dick. And, uh, so that, that can apply to, uh, investigations, you know, go out there, if you're not getting uh, anything in investigation wise and you're not getting any evidence, don't be a dick and don't provoke. Just, you know, chalk it up to, uh, you know, hey, we did a practice run on our equipment and go home. Don't be a dick. Get out there. Do your investigation. If you catch something, great. If not, don't provoke. Don't don't bust out a Ouija board, you know, or uh, start summoning demons or anything like that. Just no. just do your thing, man. Go out there. If you don't get anything, it's cool. If you get if you get stuff, awesome. That's great. You know, share it to the show. <laughs> you know, but uh, otherwise, hey man, y'all stay out there and, and just get out there and you know stay creepy and do your thing and uh, get as much evidence as possible. And uh, there is something out there on the other side. We're not alone. And um, you know, one of these days we'll figure it out. Hopefully, it's later than sooner, but we'll figure it out. And uh, you wouldn't want somebody trying to provoke you on the other side. So, you know, just do your thing and uh, happy hunting. And it's good to see everybody. And once again, thanks for being on the show, y'all. Thanks for being on the show. It means a lot. Janice, closing comments. My closing comment, I, that I, I can't help but say that um, if you're just coming into the field, make sure that you get a lot of, you know, some time under your belt before you go trying to help people in private resident cases. And uh, and like you were saying, be respectful. And I think that's it that I can think of right now. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Janice, for being on the show. We really appreciate you know having you on here and, and sharing some of your stories. It was great to have you on here, and and I really appreciate it. And we need to have you on here again sometime and uh, discuss some more of these uh, thoughts that we have concerning, especially the afterlife, which we know so little about which we're still trying to learn and we're still dabbling we're just barely getting our feet wet even with all the equipment that we're using please remember if you have a team or you are investigating think outside the box 
try not to keep using the same things everybody else is using. Dabble around with different uh, items, different electronics. See what kind of uh, uh, responses you get using different types of equipment. Uh, maybe, you know, double them up. Do something different because we are just now scratching the surface. Anybody who tells you they know everything about the paranormal is lying to you. So keep that in mind. Remember, this is still, we're still in our infancy and in experimental stage. Uh, Thomas Edison, who picked up the first EVP, said at some point in time, we will have a telephone to the dead. And I, I'm pretty sure at some point in time we will, uh, as long as we keep working toward that goal. So uh, we want to thank everybody. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, uh, James, for being on here. Thank everybody out there in the audience for being out here with us. Uh, all the other uh, team members from uh, Janice's team want to thank you as well, you know, for putting in your comments. Please continue to watch and, and share the show. Uh, we're live Saturday nights at 8 p.m., and uh, we really appreciate it. And we also put out a podcast, so we'll actually take the audio from this, and it'll be put out as a podcast as well, not only the video, and uh, without some of the interruptions that we've had uh, during uh, break, because every once in a while, Facebook gets a little upset and cuts us off. So that's just uh, one of the fun parts about Facebook. But it's still a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun having you guys on here live with us. So until next time, remember, we love all of you. We thank you so much. Please be safe out there. Be careful. Uh, take care of your families, friends, and loved ones, and uh, pets as well. Remember, bring your pets in when it's cold. Don't leave them out. If you're cold, they're cold. So keep that in mind. All right? That's right. So uh, we love all of you. Be safe. And until next time, I'm Eddie with paranormal analytical along with uh rick warren and james tubes thank you all so much good night guys good night y'all thank you